0: I'm Audrey Cooper, the Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today we have a twofer episode for you. It's going to follow our week of climate change coverage. We have development reporter J.K. Deneen joining us to talk about the environmental impacts of where the Bay Area is getting a lot of its new housing, and that would be across the Altamont Hills in San Joaquin County. Transportation reporter Rachel Swan will also be with us to discuss why California is falling short on its emission goals around transportation in spite of a huge increase in the number of electric vehicles getting registered here. All of this coverage is part of a global effort by more than 200 news outlets who agreed to cover climate change in the days leading up to the September 23rd UN Summit in New York. You can follow all of our coverage on the local impacts and potential solutions at sfchronicle.com slash climate change. I'll be back with J.K. Deneen and Rachel Swan after this. J.K. Deneen and Rachel Swan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks Thank you. for having us. Yeah. Thank you. So
0: all this week, we've been writing about um, and, and on this podcast talking about climate change and what's being done locally. And you both have two really interesting stories in the works that... Um, by the time we publish this might already be online at sfchronicle.com. And, J.K., I'm going to start with you because when I pulled open the story and started to read it, I felt like I was going back in time to stories I wrote when I was a cub reporter in San Joaquin County about the housing boom there. So tell us uh, w- what's going on with housing in San Joaquin County and what does that have to do with climate change? Well,
1: they're still building big subdivisions on agricultural land, so if you keep going past the windmills, um, you will see as you descend into the valley a whole bunch of houses popping up on both sides of the... Well, right now, right um, just on the left side of the 580 as, as you're headed down, eventually this development called Tracy's Hills will be on both sides of the 580, and it will have um, 4,700 homes eventually when completely built out.
0: And that's going to be a part of the city of Tracy, yes, it is and it, it doesn't seem like it's next to the development of Tracy proper, like it, there seems like there's a lot of land in between it and the rest of the city It's about
1: five miles from downtown Tracy, five or six miles, and halfway in between downtown Tracy and Tracy Hills, at least the part that I went to is the where the um Altamont Corridor Express train mm. stops, mm-hmm. so that's like three, maybe three miles from Tracy Hills. And the uh, the
0: Ace train is basically an Amtrak train, right? And, and it goes from Stockton to San Jose. Stockton to San Jose, a great train ride. Did you get to take it? Uh, oh, you should. It's a yeah, good train ride. I want ride. to. <laughs> um, but you know, the the thing that I thought was so interesting about the story is like I remember. 20 years ago in San Joaquin County, there were talks about, like, we have all these housing needs. We should just start building new cities. And then that came up against, um, you know, the Al Gore anti-climate, like, what we need is density, not new cities anywhere. So that was a conversation that we were having a long time ago. Why build this new subdivision? Far away from from all of these things of single va- valley, f- single family houses. All these things that we know we shouldn't be doing
1: because m- you know money talks. It's Bay Area money. It's you know <laughs> the decisions that we are making all over the Bay Area are forcing people you know who to who can't afford the Bay Area to, to commute to San Joaquin Valley, and in some ways, Tracy's ha- trying to have it both ways. The planners there acknowledge that you know greenfield development has a lot of drawbacks. It increases pollution. It's you know it's wrong for a lot of reasons. Um, it's terrible to that people have to spend two hours each way driving back and forth to work. Um, so Tracy Hills is trying to do things to make it more of a place where people live, work, and play, and all that stuff. So they're building schools. Mm-hmm. Um, they're building bus stations that will take people to the ACE train. There they've set aside um, a lot of land for. Uh, for jobs for, you know, they're hoping to attract the kind of high quality jobs that will allow people that can afford the houses in Tracy, which aren't cheap, they're 600 grand, maybe half the prices of, you know, a similar house in the Bay Area. Um, and so they're hoping to attract jobs that people will be able to, that pay enough that people will be able to afford those homes.
0: And those those houses, like, so is it assumed that most of the people will be commuting to the Bay Area? Or, like, what percentage in, are in the plans that they're hoping people actually stay in Tracy and work there?
1: Yeah, they're, um, they acknowledge that they are pretty much um, providing housing supply that is not being met in the Bay Area. Um, and at the same time, they acknowledge that most of the jobs in Tracy um uh or most of the people working in tracy will be will are getting rapidly priced out of tracy and going to and living in cheaper towns like modesto stockton Manteca.
0: yeah and this is exactly what happened during the first dot-com boom in the late 90s and the early 2000s a lot of development started going there then we had a recession and some of these neighborhoods, and um, I'm thinking particularly Western Ranch near Lathrop, they turned into ghost towns like nobody could afford the houses. The bubble hit there really hard. So I, it, my impression from reading your story is that there's a lot of things that Tracy is trying to do to make it so that that doesn't repeat itself again. So can you talk about some of the things you were mentioning happening in the downtown area?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that downtown Tracy, if you go there, and it's partly probably uh, a result of of all the you know the population's increased from twenty thousand to ninety thousand in the last forty years, and so there are a lot of people. Downtown Tracy is fairly lively. There's new train station. There's a new um, firehouse. New city hall. There's all of the retail is full. Um, there's, It's something
0: you don't see everywhere in the no, Bay Area. No, I mean, it's, they, <laughs> it's
1: like I was walking around. I was like, geez, you know, I mean, I'm sure rents are, are affordable, but there's there's a bookstore. There's, you know, music stores. There's re- tons of restaurants and cafes and people walking all over the place. But what they don't have down there is housing and they're trying. They're working to do that. They're looking at mm-hmm. they've identified like 35 parcels in and around the downtown that could be developed, some of them with only. You know, four or eight units, but some of them bigger. There's a big um, Southern Pacific Railroad, they call, they call it the bow tie. And if you're facing the transit center, which in Tracy, the train doesn't actually stop at, it's just um, to the right of that. So it's just east of the transit center, and it's, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 acres is huge. And it's, but the railroad owns it and they like to hold on to land sometimes. <laughs> they so. have a history of doing that in California. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is definitely true. So how should those of us in the Bay Area, you think, look at what's going on in San Joaquin County? Is this a good thing for the environment? Is this a bad thing? Is it just what we've done to ourselves? Like, what is the takeaway?
1: I mean, I think it's, it's it. it you know, we have to acknowledge that that these places are now real towns and they're growing and they're going to continue to grow. And so, I mean, in terms of urban planning, we need to do everything we can to make sure that, that places like Tracy and Stockton are sustainable, that there's jobs there, that, I mean, I think as a state, we need to invest and make sure that, that there's you know employment there that matches the, the housing stock. And then at the same time, we have to build more housing so that people do not have to commute 90 miles
0: but how much of it is that they're building the type of housing that's really h- hard to find in the bay area now i mean you can get a single family house that's new and has that new house smell yeah mm-hmm. for for something that you know a lot of people you you just can't find anything in the bay area much less a sing- single family house right
1: and that's actually in some ways it's we're a victim of our own success in terms of some of the 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 suburbs in the east bay that used to produce those kind of, you know, four thousand square foot single family homes, are now doing more infill type multifamily houses near their BART stations, um, places like Dublin, um, Pleasanton, um, and so. And if they are still building big suburban style single family houses, those are so expensive that yeah. you know, not too many people can afford them.
0: Right. I mean, I I think this goes to, in my mind, what is the california experience we know people like their cars and they like their houses Mm -hmm. and to be able despite everybody saying we have to change those two things it's really hard to take that part of california out of a californian totally Mm -hmm. and
1: the developer of the tracy hills is very much like they you know the endurance of the american dream the people the california thing people want a single-family house with a backyard and a place for their dog to run around and mm-hmm. so that is what is driving these you know thousands and thousands of 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 houses that are gobbling up in at farmland however i think that the the developer in tracy hill is fairly responsible really in making sure they have wide sidewalks and and bus stops and they're they envision a community where kids can walk to all their friends houses bike to school um where there will be retail there will be some jobs who knows if they'll pay enough to be able to afford the homes but uh, they've they talk a good game when it comes to kind of a new kind of more environmentally responsible sprawl
0: well the the Mm -hmm. issue though is those people who would have to if you don't get on the ace train and go to san jose they're probably on 580 driving into driving into the region And uh, the people who live in Tracy and that had their houses in the first dot-com boom and in that development, they're going to have an even longer commute now because all the people from Tracy Hills and Mountain House are going to be in front of them in line. And, Rachel, that kind of brings me to your story, which was about emissions from cars. We have this idea That we're getting so much cleaner, but we're not.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what you guys were just talking about, the development in Tracy, one thing I found out with um, when I was researching the story I have that's forthcoming is this is an outcropping of a land use pattern that we've had since like the 1930s, right? We built the Caldecott Tunnel. We sent people over the hills there. But they don't really have a way to get back into the inner Bay Area that does not require a car. You see what I'm saying? Or, I mean, I guess now they have like Orinda Bart and whatnot, but their transit options, like non car options, are not great. You know? Um
0: oh, and getting it, so, once you're even in, to get to BART if you live in La Miranda is, like, you can't get there very easily.
2: Exactly. You know, and now we all know the parking's, like, used up. and The parking's, uh, (laughs) BART cars
0: are full. Like, we hear this a lot because our own employees have problems getting to work sometimes. And then on
2: on the other hand, um, Marin, you know, built the Golden Gate Bridge around the same time as the Caldecott Tunnel, um, late 1930s. Uh, Marin ultimately did not want BART. Um, decided it didn't want to be part of the BART district. I mean, really, you know, we did get this. the smart train came in a couple years ago. That's really – it's really struggling. Um, Marin, not a lot of transit options. Um, You know, people are really – have to use their cars, you know. So um, another thing that I've heard a lot in my world that kind of intersects with um, what you look at, at JK, is – the suburbanization of poverty, which is an unnecessarily ornate way of saying that people are going farther and farther out in search of a single family home they can afford, in search of anything they can afford. You know, um, more we have more people moving to Tracy, Lathrop, Manteca, Stockton, um, the San Joaquin Valley. And I'm hearing a lot more like the new normal, like Roseville to San Francisco, now a totally normal. Commute Los Banos to San Jose, totally normal commute. Um, like Tracy to San Francisco, nobody bats an eye. Um, you know, the Altamont Pass is more congested earlier in the morning than e- it ever was. I mean, that's just a symptom of. Every, as JK said, everything that's happening, you know, our land use patterns, population growth, the fact that jobs are here and housing's over here. Um, you know, everyone has different ideas of how to fix it.
1: What about in terms of traffic and congestion and pollution? What about um, the our reliance, everybody's reliance, I guess, now on, on Amazon and, and getting everything delivered to their house? How does that, because it seems like most, a lot of the big warehouses are out on the other side of the Altamont Pass because mm-hmm. land is cheaper there. So is that, a, thinking about is, that a, <laughs> is that a big factor? I mean, I know that Amazon's opened a couple of million square foot warehouses. Yeah, Safeway has their distribution center. They're the second biggest yeah. employer in Tracy.
2: You know, uh, I've heard one bit, I actually heard there's some breaking news today that Amazon is is buying like a big like fleet of electric vehicles um (laughs) so that's that's not something that you know is is probably coming over the transom as we speak um but you're right it's not just them you know it's e-commerce everywhere and i think like i've heard the promise of one day deliveries has um told you know which which is now everyone's expectation has added to a lot of the congestion you're right the freight on the road i mean and it's not just that it's like the booming economy. (laughs) And as you said, you know, in some ways, traffic, we think of it as something bad, but it's also a measure of our success. You know, it's freight.
0: So what percentage of um, global uh, emissions that are linked to climate change come from our transportation system?
2: uh, I can give you state. State would be 40 percent from the transportation sector. That's not just cars and trucks, but it's mostly cars and trucks.
0: And and we've written stories about how there's been a huge surge in people getting electric vehicle res- registrations. Why is it still going up?
2: um A few things. <laughs> One is that um, as popular as electric vehicles are coming, are, are becoming SUVs are more popular, or just as popular. Their rates are going up just as um, you know people are buying them just as fast. So that's one thing. Um, and they're like they're built on a truck chassis. They're not subject to the same fuel economy standards. What else? I mean, we need, we've need. we set, like, extremely ambitious goals for electric vehicles. We're just not going to – I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Um, we're not quite meeting our targets
0: for electric vehicles. Um, yeah, Jerry Brown, need, yeah. when he was governor, had a goal of putting 5 million electric cars on the road. Um, how? I are, think are we're at one. We're at one. one, or one so half. not going to meet that goal. Yeah. What what has to change for for us to get more aggressive about this? Um, what are the limitations in the state right now?
2: I mean, you know, we have some legislators who are pushing very hard for you know, we have rebates and other types of inducements to make you know, electric cars are the the sticker price is very
0: expensive most of them you know there are well, you also th- need to probably have a house where you charge it exactly too. there's like back one thing we've the other written issue. about is like
2: there's there's not you know the infrastructure for them you know so i mean it does require increasing the charging station infrastructure i mean there are there is some um political pressure to do that and we have people like assemblyman filting who like is a big uh electric car enthusiast who's like really pushing for you know phasing out um gas-powered vehicles and um selling electric cars instead and just like really forcing the industry to change he has introduced several iterations of a bill to do that and just never it's it's just never you know made it but um that idea is catching on. I believe another um, senator in Oregon had like a very similar idea and Kamala Harris made it part of her presidential platform, although that's not legislation. So, you know, but just a sign that the idea is getting some traction. But I mean, I think, you know, there are these two things that that are kind of in tension a little bit. You know, one is to just what some people call like the techno optimist solution to just like put all our faith that to knock technology will set us free, you know, and like if everyone would just change their purchasing habits and buy electric cars and we'd be okay, you know, and then there's this other camp um, that says, no, we actually have to completely change the way we build and do housing and change human behavior and um, get people to walk instead of drive and take trains instead of drive and, you know, make every house connect to a job center and such. I mean, the real answer is we do need to do both. But, you know, and the other answer is, like, both are going to be very, yeah. very, very, <laughs> <difficult>. <laughs> very, very difficult. <laughs> and and yeah. then this
0: week we have um, a further complication in that it appears the Trump administration is going to try to get rid of the waiver that California has been using to set its own emissions uh, standards for cars. Now, there's a lot of debate about whether they will ultimately be successful in getting rid of that waiver, which has been in place for decades. But it does add another layer of complexity to this issue. Oh, yes. You said it well. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about bright things on the horizon. There are some transit um, options. You mentioned the the one in Marin, uh, the smart train, but there's also one called Valley Link that you all uh, that you both have written about. Uh, what's the what what is Valley Link and what's the chance of it being built? You're both looking at each other like <laughs> not good. I just love the
2: way you said, like, some bright things on the horizon and then what's the chance of it being built? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's true. I mean, yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. What is Valley Lane? <laughs> we need something um, to look forward uh, yeah. to. Otherwise, this no, is a it's a very true. depressing I think podcast. It
2: is something. I'll let JK, did you want to? Um, no, okay. you, you go ahead. All yeah. right, so I, I've written a little bit about Valley link. Um, it is something that gets mentioned um a lot because it, you know, it is a new project and it is aimed specifically as super commuters in the Central Valley. Um, the whole idea is basically being <laughs> it's basically being pushed by um this coterie of politicians who really wanted a Livermore BART station and didn't get that, you know, so now they're pushing for this train rail line. Um, but it would run from Stockton to Dublin Pleasanton BART. They in fact originally called it Ace to BART because it was like supposed to connect the ace train to the BART line. Well, the, and, it,
0: San Joaquin County has wanted BART to go over the Altamont for Yes. I mean, since BART was created. So probably.
2: they're kind they're kinda of, <laughs> they're they're kind of like, kind of like they're kinda of like pitching this as like I mean, I feel like I feel like this is everyone's advertising pitch, but this is the train that's gonna be like an Amtrak train, but it's gonna be like Bart, but not all the things you don't like about Bart. But it's gonna be fast like Bart. <laughs> I mean, you know, it sounds like, good if yeah. you're working,
0: if you're living in one of the suburbs. I think. Yeah,
2: I I have looked at the anticipated travel times. It's still a long commute, I have to say. But she's still could a long commute.
0: Maybe work while you do yeah. it instead of being in your car. Yeah, you maybe
2: get by an espresso.
0: Yeah, okay?
1: you, could, you could buy an espresso. Buy a glass of wine, wine on the way the I was friends, going to say, or... if there's
0: a bar car on the way yeah. home, I'm all for that. Right. Yeah. So, guys, we've been talking about a lot of harrowing issues around climate change and specifically in California, which is a huge economy and we have a huge impact on the country and, and world emissions. So I know everybody listening to this feels probably a little overwhelmed. What are some things they can do that would actually help make a difference?
1: I mean, if everybody were to just support infill housing, um, I think the state is estimating that it needs to add uh, 1.9 million homes to keep up with population growth between now and 2030, I believe it is. And I read a report that if that were all to be infill housing, in other words, near Transit, then that would be the equivalent of uh removing three hundred and eighty thousand cars from the road,
2: wow, which would make a
1: big difference that would be huge
2: one thing that people can do that's kind of unglamorous is carpool you know um has a lot of benefits <laughs>
0: you're smiling yeah but I think yeah, it's, it's, a, like, it's a good thing you Lots know it's a small it. thing,
2: but you know taking single occupancy vehicles off the road you know you get to ride with other people and um you might get free parking out of it so hey save some gas mileage yeah and then also like don't be intimidated by mass transit um there are more options for taking mass transit than you often think yeah
0: great well thanks a lot for the two of you for your reporting this weekend thanks for being on the podcast thanks audrey thanks audrey Thank you to reporters J.K. Deneen and Rachel Swan for being with me today. Thanks to Karen Creighton for producing this episode. And you can check out all our climate change coverage from this week at sfchronicle.com slash climate change. Thanks for listening. Fifth In is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network.
1: If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing.
1: You can support 5th and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com subscribe.